no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Barry Centrals. On today's show, we preview our week four opponent, the New York Giants, and much, much more. Ada, what's a good word, my guy? I'm good, Prez, but man, bro, I've been watching this Netflix with Jeffrey Dahmer. Man, bro, that shit is crazy. Man, who are you telling? First of all, A-Dub, I'm just going now that you brought this thing up. First of all, I watched that thing. I was disgusted. And almost kind of like just watching this thing and just looking at like, all that shit could have been avoided. Like a lot of those people could have been here if the police departments would have stepped up and done something. They had multiple chances. Not even just in Milwaukee, but in Ohio as well. Yeah, they dropped the ball on several occasions, man. I didn't know it was that bad, Chris. Well, remember when we were shorties now? This was what, back in 91. So we was like, what, in grade school, I think. Yep. So I didn't really know all the details of it, you know what I mean? But I say, looking at that documentary, bro, it, it showed me some things, and I'm like, wow, man, this is crazy how they didn't care about those victims at all. It's probably because they were poor minorities. And also, let's just be honest, because of the community that those people were in. They just didn't care. Yeah, they didn't care at all, but the cops ignored it. So that sucks, man. They did, but that was an interesting one. Audience, if you guys haven't taken a look at that documentary, check it out. But unless, you know, if it's something like that, hey, you're like, no, nah, I don't want to watch, you know, anything like about, you know, humans being, you know, having weird stuff done to them, I totally can understand. But listen, we're going to get into the show. We're here to talk about the Chicago Bears and this New York Giants matchup. Before we get into all things New York Giants and get you guys ready for this game on Sunday, I want to do just like a quick injury update because from the game on Sunday, we all saw Byron Pringle limp, limp off the field a little bit, A-Dub. And I want to kind of get your thoughts on that situation, A-Dub, because when we think about Byron Pringle, we thought when the Bears signed him, this was a really good opportunity for him to come in here and get an expanded role that he didn't have the opportunity of in Kansas City. But so far, Byron Pringle's season here with the Bears just hasn't really come into fruition the way that we all envision. But I want to get your thoughts on Brian, Byron Pringle's injury and the impact that it's going to have in that wide receiver room. It sucks to see a, a player go down, right, for us always. But what are you losing at this point? It's kind of like this receiving corp as a group hasn't been what we expected it to be, a lot better than what it is now. But Pringle has not made himself noticeable. He has not been a major target for Justin Fields. It's been tough on him. Well, I'll just say this. I mean, according to the way the IR works, he's going to be eligible to return in week eight. To the point you made, I was actually surprised that Byron Pringle hadn't done more. I kind of thought in the preseason, I said, hey, he's going to get some opportunities because the defense is going to be focusing on Mooney, which they have been. Yep. And I thought it was going to be an opportunity for him to make plays. And what we've been seeing is Equinemius St. Brown has been the one that's flashed here and there. It hadn't been Pringle before he got hurt. So I don't know what to even say about the Byron Pringle situation, but I do know with them putting him on IR, they did call up Joe Thomas. And that's going to be good because you get him up from the practice squad he can kind of give them some depth with the Matt Adams injury that, you know, we discussed on the last week's show. Yeah, that'd be good for Joe Thomas. Hopefully he can step in and give us something. But, man, I just hope that everything goes well with Pringle and this recovery, man. I do too, man. I, we, you know, and we also too, Ada, we've heard 
some rumors out there that Ryan Poles is looking at that wide receiver trade market. He's looking at that, you know, the free agency landscape. It ain't much out there. I was looking at some of the names, too. I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'll tell you one thing, man. It just doesn't help Justin Fields at all. I mean, we talked about that on the show. We're going to get into but the minutia of that here in a little bit. But just that wide receiver landscape, they got to do something. Because right now, whew, it's just tough, like, looking at the type of weapons that Justin Fields has to work with. Yeah, it's been ugly these few games, man. And um, we're just expecting that somebody at some point will come out and shine for us, hopefully in week four. But I don't know, man. It just doesn't look good. So that's just something that we have to play close attention to, and hopefully someone can thrive. Of course, you know, I'm a big Money Moon fan. Hope we can break out. But, man, so far, this group hasn't given us nothing. I know, man. I'm hoping because I'm telling you, it's getting close to that time that I might be putting that man on that milk carton. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's getting close, Mooney. <laughs> I got that milk carton ready. Man, your picture cut out. Don't make me put that shit on that milk carton, Darnell. Come on now. Come on, hey, man. Because hey. I'm over here now calling him by his government name. Come Uh-oh. on, man. <laughs> hey, Mooney, we got to prove some guys wrong. As I said before, previous show, that, hey, you got to show up and show out. It's time, man. So we can't have guys like Perez coming down on me. As I said before, we can't have Big Dave coming at me, man. You just gonna have to come out and just show these guys that, hey, it's time for you to show, for you to show that you are now a number one wide receiver. Let's get to that. We'll see. We'll see. I'm listen. I'm rooting for him. I don't listen. I don't want to put him on the milk cart. I really don't, man. I like the guy, but you know, the results are in the business, man. And right now, I'm looking at the results. They just not there. They just not there. But I want to get into another injury situation before we get into our discussion of the offense because we got a lot to discuss there. Now, on the offensive line, you and I have been talking about the musical chairs that have been playing at right guard. I've had so many people hit me up about that. And they're like, man, what is going on with this right guard situation? Why is Tevin Jenkins not getting the, the starts? Why isn't he not playing a full game of right guard? For me personally, though, Ada, when I look at this with Tevin Jenkins, I'm like, why? there's no need to do this. The guy's been solid. Like, let him go. Let him play. You know what I mean? Because right now, the Sam Mustafer experiment is center, Ada. That shit needs to end. I'm over it. Sick of it. I'm just hoping that Lucas Patrick is going to be ready to snap a football. I wanted to see what Tevin Jenkins can do for a full football game at right guard. I mean, I've always had my doubts about Sam Mustafer. I still have them now. I just can't wait with you, Perez, to Lucas Patrick take over. But, man, is, is this causing a setback to Jenkins if he continue to go back and forth with playing right guard and sitting out that much time? So I'm wondering if he's not getting enough reps, Perez, to be more efficient than he is right now. So – I think that's something that Luke Getty and I guess even Flus have to think about. Hey, what service are we doing to Jenkins by having to remain on the sideline like that? I think he's spending too much time over there. Let the guy play. He's been solid. Well, one of the things that Matt Eberflus did say, though, last week, A-Dub, was that he did get Patrick to start and most of the reps because he said that he had a better week of practice than, than Jenkins did. So in that sense, I understood. But from what I've seen in the games, when I fired up the film, I thought Tevin Jenkins has done a pretty decent job. But again, if he's not doing those things during the week to put himself in that position, well, hey, you know this coaching staff is all about accountability. They don't make the kid earn it. They're not going to give you anything. So if that's what the situation is, then Seven's going to have to do those things Monday through Saturday to make sure that he's putting himself in a position to play. But my whole thing is I'm like, I just can't wait to Lucas Patrick heals up. He's ready to snap that ball. And, and Sam Mustafa can then go back to being a backup. I think he could be a quality backup in this league, but he just does not have the strength. He doesn't have the, the, the strength to go up against those bigger nose tackles in the league. Those guys bully him. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. just, it's just what it is. You know, so we need a guy that has a stronger frame 
that can hold up in that middle because I am sick and tired of seeing Justin getting pressure directly in his face. And that's what we've been seeing with Sam Mustafa snapping that football. Yep, that pocket's closing up very fast and it's coming through that middle. So you're right, that's going to be a big key. But I want to piggyback on something you said about Jenkins and about the practice. Man, that, that does suck if he's not doing the things he needs to do for us to sustain, right? That level of success where he can be the right guard. I'm hoping that he turned that around because that's going to be important going forward, that hey, he cannot take any days off. Oh, it's true. Now, one thing that I do want to say, while the practice is important, I also think the game day is just important. And when I look at some of the film breakdowns that I've done, I looked at a lot of times where I saw that Lucas Patrick didn't perform as well as I thought he could have at right guard. So my whole thing is, when we're looking at the fact that we say this sort of results-oriented business, well, Lucas Patrick, needs to be, he would he need to move back to his natural position. I know that everyone says he's got that versatility. He could play the guard position. Cool. But when I'm looking at stuff on film with him, pass protection with Lucas Patrick has not been there. I think Tevin Jenkins has been better in the run game there at that right guard spot. So for me, again, I think the context is everything. And those are the True. things that we need to be looking at. So, yeah, practice, I understand. Tevin needs to, you know, tighten up some things. But anybody that's looking at that film could tell that this kid, Tevin Jenkins, is settling into that position at right guard. David Montgomery, we still don't have a tangible update on him, that leg, ankle, knee situation, whatever's going on there. He's listed as questionable on the on the injury report. And as of this recording, we don't have the official Wednesday injury report. We're recording this episode here at 11 o'clock Central Time here in Chicago. However, the last update that I saw, A-Dub, had David Montgomery listed as questionable. At this point, we don't know if he's going to play. I tell you one thing, it would have surprised me if he did suit up on Sunday for two reasons. David Montgomery's a tough son of a bitch. And then two, he sees Khalil Herbert. He sees <laughs> Hey, look, you don't want nobody messing up his money right now, man. As I said before, Perez, when he initially got hurt, I thought he would miss some time, man, some games. So if he's ready to go, good for him. But I just hope that he's somewhere near 100% if, if he's going to be out there. Yeah, but if for some reason he does miss the game, hey, you know we're covered. We yep. got we got our boy Khalil Herbert and also Tristan Ebner that can move into that number two spot. So I think we'll be in good hands if for some reason they do decide to be conservative with Montgomery and let him sit out this game. Jalen Johnson, he sat out of the game with a quadricep injury. We don't know if he's going to play A-dub on Sunday or not. He did um, an appearance on a radio show, and he basically indicated that it was uncertain if he was going to play. So that's the situation that we're going to all have to kind of keep our eye on. Because you know a guy like Jason, you know a guy like Jalen Johnson, A-Dub, he's hungry, ready to play a chomping at the bit. You know what I mean? And everyone knows he's irreplaceable on the Chicago team. So that's nothing new there. I just want to see him out there for us. And I do hope for him as well that he's 100%. So I would love to see Jalen Johnson get back out there, man, and be that guy for us because we're probably going to need it against the Giants. Yeah, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean – Look at last week's game that we talked about. When Jalen Johnson was out, we had to turn to Gordon and Vildor and Jalen Jones. And no disrespect to Jalen Jones, but, hey, that's wrong Jalen out there, man. Wrong Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> it is the wrong one, man. We but uh, what I will say here is when I heard him on that radio show, I said, man, that wasn't really much of a vote of confidence. But at the same time, you don't want to rush a guy like that with that type of injury because it can be easily re-aggravated. So my whole thing is, hey, take the Bears training staff. I'm sure they're going to take a conservative approach. And, hey, they may decide, like, maybe sit him out one more game and make sure that he's right when he's out there on the field. 
Yeah, absolutely, Perez. That's one thing you want to see, those nagging injuries that you and I talk a lot about that can continue to go on and on. So we already saw with Velas Jones, how he's not playing right now, but it's like you don't want any setbacks. So if it means to send him out another game for that reason, I'm all for it. Yeah, because you got to think about this, and we talk about this a lot on this show. There's just a difference in how defenses attack us when a guy like Jalen Johnson is there. There's a certain place on the field they're not going to go. They're not going to test Jalen Johnson. He has already proven to people that he's a top corner in this league. He's been yet to be targeted in coverage. I've said that multiple times on the show. Yep. Last week, his replacement got targeted early and off. And we talked about it. Adel. We talked about the fact that there were some notable struggles with that young cornerback trio. But that's to be expected. You know, these guys are all still trying to find their place in the league. And in guests, including Vildor. So it's just one of those things. But like I said, man. Jalen Johnson, I just don't want them to rush him back from that injury. The same thing with David Montgomery. They may have to just walk up to David Montgomery and just say, hey, man, we got to save you from yourself. <laughs> yeah. We're going to sit out this game against the Giants. We want you right. And to your point, Perez, I like the fact you brought up Khalil Herbert because you and I talk a lot about him anyhow. The kid can hold it down. Hey, look, Montgomery, you're not missing anything. Of course, we, we, we will miss you for sure because we know how impactful you can be. But at the end of the day, man, it's all about having you long-term because we continue to pack up some wins. We just never know what might, 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 what might happen down the road, and we may need you. True story. Yeah, before we get into the matchup itself, I want to continue down the path that we talked about on our previous episode. We talked, obviously, about Justin Fields, the offensive struggles, and things of that nature. Well, just to put it in simple layman's terms, the offense has been off. Justin Fields had a really rough outing. We've already kind of discussed all those different things. The biggest thing that we noticed, and we talked about it with you guys, Justin was obviously uncomfortable, very inaccurate, and indecisive in that game. And I feel like the biggest thing that I'm hoping to see them do differently, A-Dub, in this game against the Giants is really reevaluate. We gave a lot of different options of things that we felt like they could do. Matt Eberflus went on the record this week and said it's everybody that's to blame for the struggles. He called out the receivers, the tight ends. He even said the running backs, the protection. I mean, I don't know about the running backs, coach, but <laughs> I get your point. <laughs> Leave the running backs out of this, man. <laughs> yeah, man, them running backs doing everything. But I think the point of it was he was like, hey, it's, it's all about all 11 of us yeah. collectively doing what we need to do. Because in his, in his defense, when you think about an offense, especially a passing offense, it's all about rhythm and timing and flow. And if everybody's not working in the same, you know, direction in the same symmetry, then it's going to be some bottlenecks and breakdowns. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I see his point as well, because you start to see some of those penalties that happen, Perez. That's not always the offensive line that's causing those penalties. Sometimes the wide receivers, tight ends, they're also making mistakes as well. So that adds up and creates more pressure on Justin Fields, right? Now you what? First and long, second and 15. Those things add up. True story. Well, Think about this, A-Dub. To that point you were making, yeah, the offensive line, sometimes, hey, you might get a fast start. You might get a holding penalty. The receivers may not get separation, may not get open. Somebody may miss their assignment, right? Right. All those things can kind of go into the situation. Everybody's always looking at Justin. Oh, he's holding on to the ball, not making the right decision. A lot of times fans will sit here and they'll assume, oh, this person missed their read, that person missed their read. What we can say is if we see a bad throw, then we can say it was a bad read. 
Right. Well, we don't know if they missed their first read because we're not in the huddle. So they got to make sure that they do a better job of giving Justin Fields cleaner pockets to throw out of. So I think that once he has a clean pocket around him, we know. Well, Ada, we know when that guy has a clean pocket around him, he delivers strikes. The he problem does. is when he gets a little pressure on him, he starts to kind of panic. He starts to lose his mechanics. And that's what you can't have. Those are the things that we need to clean up. Yeah, how to, how to manage, be effective under pressure. And I think that's something that he's probably still growing in. Definitely an area he's still growing in. And I think he'll be better, Chris. But I think you look to something you know, on our previous show about giving him the opportunity. If he's not in those situations enough, Chris, then how can he be better at it, right? You just can't just learn it overnight. You got to go through the war. And I think putting him in that trenches with it, it'll help him learn. Yeah, I mean, and we also got to just think about the fact that we have a coaching staff that are in positions, especially on that offensive, especially on that offensive side of the field, A-Dub, that this is all new to them. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Gessie, new to this offensive coordinator deal. You got Matt Eberflus, very disciplined coach, but he's new to the role. So there's a lot of struggles that you're seeing right now with the coaching staff. That's a part of it. But a couple quick things that I want to talk to the audience about before we go into talking about the Giants is, I would love to see the Bears in this offense add more quicker and more efficient routes, right? Things yes. that just can quickly open up the you know the receivers or quickly get the receivers open. Justin can make a quick boom, get the ball out. Like stuff like that that will get this kid's confidence going. He gets a couple completions back to back to back. Then you kind of get the guy rolling a little bit. And that's the ball that's being dropped right there for us. And that's even for the, even our receiving core, right, getting them involved sooner. Because like you said about the separation piece of it, maybe they can go 15 and out and get separation. Maybe they need something short like that where you can catch the ball real quickly to get their juices going, right? So they can feel confidence. Because I think it's a twofold thing here. It's do Luke Gessie feel confident in Justin Fields or does he not feel confident in his wide receiver group? Because that could be the other thing as well, why he's not getting enough attempts out there because it can be concerned about the group. So therefore, if you are putting him in those situations where you're making those quick passes for us, maybe they get everyone going. I think the bigger point for me, though, is just the style and nuance of the routes. My thing is, Luke Getzey just gets away from helping Justin Fields out. Like, he'll do it to kind of start the games, and then he just abandons it. He just goes yeah. away from it, in my opinion, way too quickly. Like I said, like, there's times where you might see Sam Muster may fuck up a snap or uh, messes up an exchange. And then in Luke Getzey's head, then it just kind of changes everything that he was thinking about his game plan. You can't have that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there were some times where I was looking at the film again when I did my breakdown, they had Justin Fields run a play action like a naked bootleg. It was perfect. That's when Pringle got that first down. Those are the type of plays that we need. I didn't see enough of those in that game against the Texans. That's my point. Oh, very good point there, man. And that goes hand-to-hand when you were saying previously about getting some good plays off our running game, right? The running game is so effective that it can open up the passing game. To piggyback off of the point about that naked bootleg, well, the, the Texans started to notice a trend in what we were doing, and that play stopped working. You know what I'm saying? So my whole point is, at some point, Luke Getzey is going to need to look at other options here. Because, it, like I said, it was obvious that Justin was flustered. He wasn't comfortable for most of that game. When you saw him on the sideline, body language, he was kind of looking like a little frustrated. Even yeah. on the field, he kind of had that look on his face. I don't want to see – I don't like when my quarterback looks like that. That's on the coaching staff. Put this kid in better positions. You know what I mean? You can't have a game like we had against the Texans. You're at home. You're against an inferior opponent. Guess he saw Fields struggling, A-Dub. 
he should have changed up those routes for the receivers. That's on him. It is quick slants, stop routes, things like that. And nothing wrong with doing that at all. I mean, that's what you just need to do. Give a, a different look, a different identity. Um, but I want to piggyback on one thing you said about Justin Fields and how we look, Chris. I saw him on the field bending down, Chris, on his knee, bending down. to let you know that something is going on. He doesn't look right. The body language. So I, at that point, you start to really wonder. You start to like, hey, where is Luke Getzey in this process of making sure that this kid is okay? So I think that's something that Luke Getzey's going to have to monitor and take a look at the body language of Justin Fields as the game go along. I mean, I think that's one part of it, but any quarterback that's getting hit, any quarterback that's not having the success that they feel like they should have, they're going to show emotion. I mean, look at yep. Tom Brady. He tears up fucking tablets when he's pissed <laughs> off, right? That shit happens. But for me, when I was talking about the route deviation, okay, well, we talked about the struggles of a Darnell Mooney. Well, you could get this guy running by getting those slants to him. Quick routes. Get the ball in his hands. Maybe he can make a play after the catch. You know what I mean? Those yeah. are things that we could do. Because as we talked about, the running game was working on all cylinders, bro. But I would love to see that offense complement what we're doing with Montgomery and also with Khalil Herbert. And the other thing with it, Perez, I haven't even seen Money Moon do any jet sweeps. Have you seen any of those? I mean, he done a couple of those last year and he kind of got them going. But I haven't even seen him involved in the offense to that level to where, okay, he's ready to flow. Yeah, they haven't really done any of those with him. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown has had one or a couple. But, yeah, I haven't seen any of those with Mooney. So, yeah, I think that could be something. I also think that they need to go more uh, tempo game. I think they need to play a little faster. I mean, look at the way the Philadelphia Eagles play. I've watched them play a lot. I've been really intrigued with what I've seen with Jalen Hurts in that offense. But they run at a really good pace. They do. And I think that's something we need to do a little bit more with. Because you you noticed that last season, when they went quick game, hey, Justin was – he was flowing. Yeah. You know, get the kid in the rhythm. So I would love to see them do that. I would love the Bears to become one of those teams, like the Eagles, like the Chiefs, like the Chargers, to have that quick tempo in their offense and they're just pushing that ball down the field. I like that, Perez, pushing the tempo, playing a little faster. I even like some of the no huddle, but the problem with the no huddle, you got to speed the game up, you know, and I think that'll also put these guys in, in a good position because you can also be catch the defense news too. So definitely, man, a different look, different identity as we talked about, that definitely would help. The reason why I'm bringing that up about tempo, and I know, audience, that we're not going to overnight become one of those teams, but what I'm saying is the play style. Because right now, the Bears, they're only averaging about 53 plays per game right now. Some of those top offenses in the league are running up to 70, 80 plays. I saw where the Buffalo Bills ran 90 plays in the game. Whew. I mean, so that's what we would need to get to. That's how you're going to help that offense. And when you're running those type of plays on, on offense, you're helping out the defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And you want to get this defense <laughs> a break because they've been working overtime as you see in some of these games. But, yeah, man, that's what it's all about, having balance on both sides of the field. But you need that balance on that offense, man, with that passing game. That got to improve. So, like I said, you know, I, this is not even – when I'm making these type of suggestions, audience, this isn't a slight against Justin. I know that a lot of people like, oh, but we want Justin to work on making multiple reads and things of that nature. I get it. But for me right now, I just want us to run a quicker offense – Give Justin less to think about, quicker reads. But because you could tell when he's out there on the field, that kid's probably got so much going on in his head, so much information that he's processing. Yeah, He's just not playing freely enough for me. I want to get him back to just playing free, having that confidence, and just going. Just letting those instincts take over. 
Yeah, and also, Perez, when you play in that style, it feels like you're having a lot of fun. Now, I think right now, it hasn't been fun for just a few, you can kind of tell, but get that kid back to that point. And if we're doing that, that'll help him out, man, for sure. And I like the fact that you're talking about the tempo. Uh, yeah, man, I think increasing it just a little bit better than where we are right now. Let these young. Yep. All right, A-Dub, let's turn our page. Let's get into some of the Giants talk. We have exhausted talking about this Bears offense. I'm hoping that we see some of those things. I'm hoping we see some of those things in the game. But a quick little backstory on this matchup, because obviously we've talked about the Bears at length. But when you look at the Giants, though, these teams both have a lot in common because they have a lot of flaws. You know what I mean? (laughs) Even though they got winning records, if you look at them, they're doing things in the same way. The Giants, what do they do really well, A-Dub? They run that football really well. They play really good defense. They have new – they have both have young quarterbacks, new GMs, new head coaches. So that's what makes this matchup really fascinating to me. You know, you got a healthy Saquon Barkley finally. He's looking really good out there. One of the things that I've been really thinking about with this matchup is the fact that the Bears are going to have a little bit more extra rest because the Giants did play on Monday night. That was a physical ball game. It was. The Bears, you know, our matchup, hey, we got an extra day on them. So I'm hoping not only that extra day to rest, but that extra day of preparation. Key matchups in this game. We talk about this every time when we do these preview shows. Robert Quinn, I think he's got a really good opportunity in this game going up against Evan Neal. Want to get your thoughts on Robert Quinn in this game because I think that's a matchup right there that we can really take advantage of. Remember when Robert Quinn broke the sack record? Yep. It was against the Giants. Going against Neil could definitely be something for Robert Quinn. Could be something to exploit. Because if you look at Neil the past few games, you can see he's been giving up sacks. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence ran through him, man, on several <laughs> times. Ate him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, man, this is a good chance for Robert Quinn, man, to get back to his normal self. Because I'll tell you, the first couple games for Robert Quinn, we haven't seen the guy that we've been accustomed to seeing last season. So it'd be good to see him get back on track. Yeah, and like I said, like you brought up a really good point. Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, I mean, they they had their way with Evan Neal. Yep. And so like I said, uh, to be honest, Daniel Jones has been taking a beating. And that's another thing that I think him and Justin Fields have in common is that they're playing behind these offensive lines that aren't holding up, that's not protecting them. And I think having a rookie tackle in Evan Neal, similar to us having a rookie tackle in Braxton Jones, I think that's a big reason why that Daniel Jones is having so much pressure on him. And like I said, Robert Quinn, very savvy veteran. He knows every trick of the trade. And I tell you one thing, if we can find some ways to get him matched up one-on-one against that rookie, game over. (laughs) This is going to be problematic for Jones, big time. What other uh, matchups do you see out there that we can exploit in this game? I think one matchup that I was looking at, Perez, that, you know, I'm always looking at the fact of trying to get – Komet involved in the game. You can add him to the list of guys that we expected a lot more out of. We thought that Cole Komet was going to get so many targets in this offense this season. Hasn't happened that way. One of the people, and I think this is who you were referring to, was Crowder. He gets a lot of targets against him. I mean, people are just going after that guy. So, Cole Komet did show a little life there in in the game against the Texans. And I'm hoping that in this game against the Giants, that Justin Fields can link up with him, that they could like go after that matchup against Crowder and find some open plays. Because there were some plays in that Texans game where Cole Komet was open. And Justin was. Fields just wasn't able to connect with him. And I think this time around, Perez, 
You got to look at that and say, okay, let's make a part of the solution here. We got to go and target him for sure in the offense. So just the field should have him on his radar and knowing where Cole Komet is on the field at all times. Now, if you look at the last four times that we've played this team, we've won, we've won three out of the last four. So we have a really good history here going up against this team. Our passing offense, A-Dub, dead last in the NFL. It's, I mean, it's, it's not even close how far we're behind. In this matchup, we talked about the strong running games. The Giants with Saquon, us with Montgomery and Herbert. We're going to get a heavy dose of, of both of those dynamics here in this game. The defenses, they've been solid, bro. I mean, if you think about it, both teams are not giving up a lot of points. Less than 20 points per game, both teams collectively. As I mentioned earlier, you have first-year head coaches going up against each other with, Dab with Dobble. You have first-year head coaches going up against each other with, with Dobble and Eberflus. And so it's going to be interesting to see that chess match because Dobble is an offensive genius. Hey, and I want to see what Matt Eberflus is going to be able to do with him and Allen Williams is going to be able to do with that defense. That's going to be interesting, Perez, because it looks like the Giants are trying to break out, trying, but they haven't got the advantage to take off, right? But I think Dabo is really doing a good job at trying to manage at least – do a balance, right? A balance attack would get Barkley involved, of course, do his thing, but also letting Danny Jones loose. So he's trying to, of course, get his receiving core involved and all that stuff. So it's going to be a challenge for sure for Eva Flukes to figure out, okay, how do we stop these guys, right? And most important that you always talk about for us is stopping the run first. No, yeah, because when you look at the Giants, and I talked about it earlier with the fact that Daniel Jones is pretty much taking a beating, but he's also running for his life. That's true. And so if you look at that Cowboys game, he's getting flushed out of the pocket. He was scrambling around. When you have your quarterback doing like doing that, that's problematic because it's opening up the opportunity for him to get injured. And also, you just don't want an offense where you got to depend on your quarterback to run that much. I mean, we know that all too well here in Chicago. You want to have a balance there. And so when I'm looking at this situation with the Bears, one of my keys is to, to continue to put that heat and put that pressure. So I obviously was talking about Robert Quinn, but it's not just him. Dominique Robinson, hey, I yep. want to see him back out there. My boy Gibson, I want them to flush Daniel Jones out of the pocket. Get that guy running around. And then that's a when you'll have a – and when you flush him out of the pocket like that, then that's when you have open it up for Moreau and Roquan to go sideline to sideline and punish this cat. So one of my keys is flushing Daniel Jones out of that pocket. Continue to do what's worked – for other teams, because we've seen other teams frustrate him in that manner. We need to do that same thing as well. Get him out of the pocket. Make it uncomfortable for him. I like that key, Perez, because your key kind of go hand-in-hand with mine. If that key is working right there, Perez, what that means is the secondary will have to be available and prepared to now get some turnovers. So for me, it's about this secondary now. You are going to get some chances now because, trust me, Jones are going to make some mistakes. What do you do when you make a mistake? Get that interception. Get the interception. So it's going to be important, and I think it's going to happen, is this secondary is going to have to step their game up, which I believe it will in this game here, and show some signs of, hey, you know what? Danny Jones is going to be very uncomfortable running the ball, like you're saying, and also uncomfortable throwing it. Well, I mean, but, but either way, if you're putting that pressure on him, now you're getting him to kind of hurry up. Maybe you're getting the ball out a little bit quicker. So to piggyback off what you're saying, I think that's a good key because now it's setting up guys like Eddie Jackson yes, to make plays. A guy like Jaquan Brisker to make a play. And I tell you one thing, we haven't talked enough about him. The way he played in that game against the Texans, not too many, not enough people 
are talking about how good that rookie played. He don't even look like a rookie out there. Now, we may talk about Kyler Gordon and how he looks like one. Right. Jamar Brisker, man, he ready. He ready. <laughs> Brisker is ready, Perez. You want to talk about stopping the run, which is going to be our advantage here, is running the football against this Giants defense? Well, look at what the, the Cowboys just did to them. They ran the ball down the Giants' throat. But we also saw that Leonard Williams was out of that game. Right. And that was a big loss for that defense. And you talk about defending the pass, well, Cooper Rush, that was a guy that was throwing darts out there. He was lighting them up. <laughs> CeeDee Lamb, who to me, one of the, probably one of the most, probably I would say put him in my top 10 of wide receivers in the NFL. They had a Dory Jackson, A-Dub, following him. And CeeDee Lamb was still cooking that dude. So when I look at this matchup now against the Giants, I want them to put a Dory Jackson on Darnell Mooney. Hey, CeeDee Lamb cooked him. I think my boy Darnell Mooney could cook a Dory Jackson too. But the problem is, what type of routes are we going to be running? Yeah. What's the tempo going to be? So my next key here is offensively, if Darnell Mooney is going to be getting all this attention, give this kid the opportunity to make some plays in space, quick screen passes, slants, as I mentioned, stop routes, something to get the ball in this kid's hands, even a jet sweep if they have to, as you mentioned earlier in the show. So my key, second key of this game is getting Darnell Mooney involved in this game plan, finding ways to get this kid the ball. Like, they have to be creative. You know, if the kid's slumping, get him out of the slump. If teams are going to target him, well, you – listen, every team in this league defensively is going to target a top guy. You don't think that the Giants were trying to stop C.D. Lamb? They were trying. <laughs> right. He still fucking succeeded because the coaching staff for the Giants put a game plan together that put this kid in positions to win. We got to do that too. So my key, get Darnell Mooney involved. Find clever ways to get this ball in this kid's hands. Whatever you got to do, Darnell Mooney needs to be a threat in this offense. Week four, we can't have any more games where Darnell Mooney's got one or two catches. That's just done. That's dead. It's time for A-Dub to reopen that bank because that shit has been closed far too long. <laughs> yeah, it's been closed far too long, friends, that you and I talked about, man. And it just – it bothers me not seeing him take off, man. It does. It bothers me, Perez. So I'm hoping against the Giants, he gets his shots, he gets his chance, he gets his targets. I think that's going to be important as well. So hopefully that's that's part of the, he's part of the process when it comes down to facing this Giants team. One of the keys I also look at, Perez, it kind of go hand-in-hand with yours again. Who are we going to establish as number two? Who's going to be the number two receiver on this team? Who's going to be the number two guy? If they decide somehow to load up on Mooney, no matter what we do, who's going to be the second guy? The Bears are going to have to establish that. Is it going to be St. Brown? Is he going to take off? Let him. You got to figure that part of it out as the Bears. Yeah, but a guy like St. Brown's also got to get open or Dante Pettis, you know, yeah. whoever it may be. But right. I like that key because we do need somebody to step up because it's obvious that these teams are taking Mooney out of these games. And that's why for my key, I'm like, hey, fine. You can try all you want to, but we're going to still try to get that ball in his hands. <laughs> exactly. Can't avoid him. You can't avoid him. That's right. You can't. I guess lastly, if, if, if we want to talk about special teams in this matchup, that uh -oh. Giants kicker, man, Gano. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that dude's automatic. <laughs> you know, we got our own automatic, but they got one over there too. And when I look at this matchup, A-Dub, I want to force them out of that red zone area because if we do, then it limits the opportunities for Gano to put up points. Because I'll tell you one thing, bro. This dude right here, from 40 out, 
He's pretty much. All right, man, score prediction. Week four. Talk to us, A-Dub. 20-14, Bears get this win. I think the defense is going to be strong enough, Perez, to make Daniel Jones very uncomfortable, Perez, and to where we can maintain this lead. It's not going to look pretty, as we've seen thus far, but I think the Bears will score enough, at least 20, to get this thing going. My man, A-Dub, I'm right there with you, man. I got the Bears winning 20-16. to 16. Just like I said last week, it's not going to be a pretty game. It's going to be ugly as fuck. Be prepared for that. But I'm telling you, man, both teams are going to run the football very well. I'm already seeing that. We still are struggling a little bit with stopping the run. And I feel like with Saquon Barkley coming in here, hey, it's going to be very imp- imperative for make sure that our defensive line, hey, everybody's staying true to their gaps. The linebackers are doing what they need to do because it's going to take a team to stop a guy like Saquon Barkley. He's such a fucking weapon there in that offense for them. But when I look at this, though, man, I'm just saying, like, both of these teams, the strength of their offenses is the running game. It is. You know what I mean? And while I think Daniel Jones has been a little lukewarm, if you look at both of these quarterbacks in this matchup, Daniel Jones has been better than Justin Fields to this point. I mean, that's nothing. Nobody can argue that point that I'm making there. But what I will say is I think that if the Bears do what we need to do offensively, using Herbert, using – David Montgomery, to open up things, finding ways to get Darnell Mooney that football, help adjust him with maybe quicker routes, quicker plays, quicker tempo. Then we'll see this offense slowly but surely start to come out of this funk a little bit. Expect a little bit of a slugfest between these two teams. And looking at that Giants team, man, all what you say, of course, but our offense, that definitely has to happen. But you also look at the Giants' offense. How they have not been utilizing Kenny Galladay, something going on there. Of course, Shepard hurt. You know, we see that happen. So now you're looking at James and all these other guys they're looking at. And James has been pretty good. I like Richie James. But the thing is, it may not be enough for this Bears team. Just may not be enough. It's going to put Daniel Jones in a tough spot. Well, first and foremost, this pays me to even say that because Kenny Galladay went to my my high school. Hey, say Rita, shout out to you, Kenny Galladay, for that. But Kenny yep. Galladay got to be careful now. He's asking for an expanded role out there. He's talking about <laughs> he want the football. Then when they give you the football in the clutch situation, you drop it. Right. <laughs> he dropped that. He, I'm glad he owned it, though. I'm glad he owned it. But you're right. You cannot drop those kind of passes. The same type of passes I said about my boy Money Moon, you can't be dropping them either. Yeah, but Money Moon ain't going to the media demanding to be more involved. Dutch Money Moon is going out there and doing his job. So my That's- point is, Kenny Galladay, Relax, man. Just go out there and play. Because, hey, you getting paid a lot of money for you not to be doing what you should be doing. Kenny Galladay is such a talented receiver. I don't know what's going on there, but I'm okay with it, him having another game like that against the Bears. And I'm hoping that Jalen's back, but Jalen right. can shut that ass down. Absolutely. To make him go back to the press and talk some more trash. <laughs> like I said, man, this is not like a Giants team from the past couple matchups where I just kind of just like immediately was like, yeah, they ain't got nothing. They they don't no, this is this is a new regime for them. They yeah. got like an infusion of like a new energy. The culture's changed. So that's why I'm saying this game here is not gonna be a gimme. You know what I mean? And that's why I have it as a close game, 20 to 16, because hey, it can go either way. It's I just good. think that we're gonna do enough to get that dub. But it's gonna be a tough game on the road, right? Hostile environment. But this is gonna be a good test for Justin Fields in that offense. So I'm looking forward to it, brother. Yeah, me too, Press. It's going to be a test, like you say, man. And um, don't sleep on them Giants. Don't sleep on them. <laughs> no, I definitely won't be. And an audience, just a quick uh, show reminder, we got Winter Circle dropping here. A-Dub and I may or may not 
do a Giants recap episode. Your boy Prez is heading out of the country. So much needed time off. We may surprise y'all, we may not. Or your boy A-Dub may decide to do the show solo. We don't know. If you see an episode pop up, you're welcome. If not, we'll talk to y'all on a preview show next week. All right, man, audience, on to the Giants. We got the winner circle dropping for y'all later in the week. We may or may not talk to y'all on Sunday, but we are out. Thanks for all your support.